Welcome everyone to Around the ACL. Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. Welcoming you to another week of Around the ACL. This is a special week because it's Thanksgiving week. So uh, lots of fun things happening. Hopefully some good food in everybody's future. And if you have kids, then you get your kids for the whole week. No school. Super fun. <laughs> now they just they just go to, to grandma's house for the weekend. What are you talking about? Okay, that yeah. doesn't really work here. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm whole already, week? You guys get, your kids get the whole week? When I was growing up, I didn't get the whole week. And I just want to preface this by th the fact that by 9 a.m., he'd already asked me for a popsicle and candy. So that's how my morning's going. Like, what? Did you? No. Did he get popsicles and candy? No, that's crazy. What, what? are you talking about? It's nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not getting the whole week over here. They're just uh, Wednesday on. So really? A little, a little something different. Yeah, Valley, I guess. Yeah. I know. I was the same way. I never. I never. I never got the whole week off. Lucky me. <laughs> No, but seriously, um, you know, we have fun. We, we have some Lego projects to do every uh, year. I have like Christmas Legos that I we take apart and put together to like display as our decorations. So we have those to put together this week. Uh, so we have some stuff to do. But uh, let's talk about our Thanksgiving plans. Uh, Trey, what do you got going on? Uh, this is going to be a shock to everybody on this call, but we're going to Orlando. Oh, yeah. God. It's shocker. Dis Disney. So it's the first time Shelby has always wanted to go to Disney for Thanksgiving. And so like, cause around that time it's very holiday and very, you know, it's a different vibe or whatever. So like, this is like the first year that we're not, we are not doing Thanksgiving with like uh with family or anything like that. We're just going to kind of do our own thing, just nice. go off and, and do that. And just, it'll be cool. Spend some, spend some time to ourselves on, on Thanksgiving. And then, uh, Spend all day Friday watching college football because that's what I do on Saturdays. So um, no, it'll be it'll be great. It, I'm 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 kind of excited. It's like a different it's a different vibe than any other. I'm used to like you know you got to prep all day because I love to cook. So normally like I enjoy contributing to cooking. So like it's usually like a early morning. You got to get up and start making food because uh, you know, we eat early. I don't know. I, that's also a debate I've had with people. When do you guys eat Thanksgiving? I've always ate Thanksgiving dinner at like one or two o'clock. Oh, we're like three, four o'clock. Yeah. That's us. Three, four, three, four. Okay. Yeah. We're or, or like, we're early. Like I said, lunch. lunch. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Thanksgiving dinner at lunch. Like you gotta <laughs> yeah. do it like in the middle of the first NFL game that's on TV. That's just like okay. the rule. That's what you gotta do. So okay. I feel that. So are you still going to get it? Thanksgiving food at Disney or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We got a reservation at a, at a place in Epcot that they'll have like a Thanksgiving special. That, but here's the thing though. Shelby hates Thanksgiving food. Okay. Like, doesn't like, not a big fan of turkey, mashed potatoes she likes, but it's like whatever. And, you know, even like the ham and the vegetables and all that. She's like, eh, whatever. So like, this is going to be perfect for her because I'm going to get like, because I love Thanksgiving food. So I'm going to get like a Thanksgiving plate. And she's going to get like steak, steak. and, you yeah. know, whatever, whatever she wants to get. Yeah. So, I'm with Shelby. Going? I do not like Thanksgiving food either. I tolerate what? it. So oh, I fully understand. Not I fan. get made fun of because I love cranberry sauce. <laughs> like I'm like the only person apparently in the no world thanks. that actually yeah, likes no thanks. cranberry pass. sauce. Pass. <laughs> pass. Hard pass. <laughs> Anthony, are you having like 60 people at your house? 
Yeah, close. Uh, me and my dog, you know, Uncle Bob. We're going to get together, of course. Um, we're going to head to Uncle Bob's sister's house, my aunt. So we'll probably be like 50, 60 deep in there. And then and then everyone comes to my house for Christmas. So this is my their house. And then everyone comes to my house. But yeah, all Thanksgiving foods. Excited about it. Gravy on everything. Let's go. What are you going to do with the, that lab in the background with uh, 60 people at Christmas? You have to get fancy there. Yeah, I'll send you a picture. The lab actually becomes a dinner table. We have one long table and it fits 60 people down here in the lab. So it's uh it's perfect. It's perfect for for a large so gathering. crazy. Uh well we're we're just about eleven people, so a little a little different than yours. And it was only supposed to be like six, and then it was like, oh, this person is gonna come, and this person asked if this person can come. So it keeps growing. I'm in charge of the green beans. They don't like green bean casserole. They want me to make just green beans with lemon and garlic. It's very plain and easy, but that's what I bring every year. And uh yeah, we just go to my in-laws house and it's quick and simple. So that's our Thanksgiving, very low key. Yep. Uh yeah. I like it that way. I don't. I don't like to do all the things, so prefer it that way. Let's talk about what we're thankful for, though. Trey, what are you thankful for? Thankful for. I am thankful for this team. I am thankful for, and I said this actually in a video. We're going to release a video on Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for like the growth and like all these new people that are coming into the ACL that are starting to give us like new direction and new you know, things to, to keep in mind as we continue to grow. Like, I think that just continuously makes us better. Um, and that's, and I think that's super important. So like new perspectives for me are like what I'm really thankful for. And then I'm always thankful for my wife because she literally just keeps my head on straight. So I always have to throw that in there. Always. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Anthony, how about you? Ah, I'm not really too into this mushy stuff, Mish. <laughs> You can thank Trey that's, for it. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's so Anthony. <laughs> no, if I had to pick something right now, all my kids are killing it, man. Um, you know, my daughter just she actually has all week off because it's college, but she's mm -hmm. doing her thing, man. She's killing it in nursing school. My middle one is on top of everything. Straight A student, job, manages the volleyball team, doing the little boyfriend thing, but uh, mm. doing all four mm. at the same time. Um, but she's on point on everything. So she's managing all those things. And then little man still pulling uh, solid grades and just grinding at the game. So I'm, I'm pretty thankful for all my kids right now. They're all, they're all killing it and staying out of trouble. Yeah, I have to agree. Thankful for my family, friends. That's the obvious one. And then when we did that video, I, the other one I added in was yoga. Thank God for yoga. That keeps my head on straight. <laughs> so um, that's something that is a regular practice for me, whether it's five minutes or an hour. But um, yeah, definitely thankful. I found it uh, like 25 years ago and doing it ever since. So thank God for that. All right, let's get into our recap. We just had an amazing open that happened in Tennessee. Yes. And uh, it was great. I got to watch um, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I was actually out of town Thursday through Saturday, but um, was able to catch up on Saturday and Sunday. Such great matches, especially yesterday. Singles was incredible. Like every game, it was just absolutely amazing. So congrats to everybody that went and competed. Our singles winner was Mark Richards back-to-back. Uh, second place, Adam Hisner. Good to see him up there on the podium. In doubles, Noah Almanza and Logan Chamberlain. Welcome back, Noah Almanza. Good to see you there. Um, and second, Mark Richards and Tony Smith. Are we going to start to see a pattern here? The second place pattern, yeah. um, not being able to get that finish. 
Uh, in women's, Cheyenne Bubenheim, shocking. Senior, Damon Dennis, shocking. Junior, Ryan Trader, Trader, shocking. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> so boring. However, um, I didn't get to see it, but I did hear that Riley uh, Schaff was right on uh, Cheyenne's tail. So congrats yes, to her, a young yes. thrower. I'll let you guys get into it. But uh, Trey, why don't you start us off with your recap of this Open? Yeah, so a couple things come to mind. Well, first of all, I started last time. I don't know if you remember this. I just talked about Mark Richards, and I'm mm -hmm. going to follow that up because it's literally the same thing, okay? Mark Richards over the past, has now won back-to-back -back open singles titles, and he has gone 18-0 and 0 in these past two Opens. Okay, we went through the list of the people he beat in the first Open, right? I'm just going to add on to that. Let's talk about who he beat at this Open. He beats Tanner Halbert, 23-2. to two. <laughs> He beats Gavin Cano, 21-7. to seven. And Halbert Ryan... was throwing gas. Halbert he was throwing yes. gas. He was. He beat Ryan Trader, 24-10. to 10. He beats Fisher Hamilton, 25-2. to two. What? He beats Jeremiah oh, wow. Ellis, 24 to 15. That we'll was talk about Ellis in a second. Yeah. And he beats Adam Hisner, 22 to 10. Over the past 18 games at the open level, Mark Richards gave up 15 points one time. He did that to Jeremiah Ellis. If you take away that Ellis game and just focus on the 17 other games that he has played, the most points anyone has scored on Mark Richards is 11. And that was Caleb Batson. That Talk only gets you halfway to a number. win. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Ione's number one player yes. in the world scored the most points against Mark Richard, and it was 11. 11. Okay. Unbelievable. He just continues to just make smart decisions, put bags where they need to be. It's not flashy. I, I watched those last two games against Hisner and in Ellis, I mean, I saw a couple roll bags, but for the most part, it was selective airmails. It was methodical approaches. He just wasn't missing the easy shots. Going over to Jeremiah Ellis, Jeremiah Ellis played well enough to beat anybody in the world that yes. day. Except one guy. And it was the one guy that he had to play in the semifinals. Jeremiah Ellis should have won that open if Mark yep. Richards doesn't book a plane ticket to Memphis, Tennessee. I mean, it's just simple enough. He was so good. There was a time when I was watching Ellis and it was just the role was on point. The pushes were on point. The slideshow, everything was going in for Jeremiah Ellis. And he was probably above average to really good on his airmails. Maybe not like elite, but he didn't need to be because he was rolling so well. He was cutting so well. He was doing everything so well. So it's like, I almost want to get a small trophy for Jeremiah Ellis and give him like a half a title because he deserved it of how good he was. But the problem was Mark Richards just would not be denied. And it, you know, Ellis goes up 12, was it 12 to two or whatever it was. It's like, eh, no big deal. You know, I'll just, I'll just grind it out yep. and find a way to win this whole thing. I mean, I, I don't know if I've, I mean, what I've seen over Mark Richards over these last two events, it's like, okay, those are the two events he went to. If I throw in, if I, you know, look at Worlds, he didn't play as well, but then go to the last national of the year. It's like the last four events, big events that like, and then, and then he also won back-to-back -back opens towards the end of last season. So you're talking about in a span of say July through November, he wins two opens last year. 
He wins two Opens this year. He wins a national singles title. We're talking about five singles titles in a very short yeah. period of time against the world's best competition. I don't, I don't think we've ever seen something like this before. And I, I don't even know, honestly, how to put it in words. I mean, literally, if you just, if you for, can, can, can put it in your mind to forget that he doesn't do well at Worlds and he doesn't have to play Jamie Graham, like we may be talking about like mm-hmm. a stretch of singles runs that will never be repeated again. So um, most of what I got to say is about Richards. Uh, I did find it funny and amusing that of all the people that Anthony had to call out on his hot take, he had to call out Almanza and Chamberlain, and they just had to say, you know, you can shove that hot take, yep. uh, uh, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, uh, Tony Smith and Mark Richards still coming in second place. But, like, honestly, at this point, wh- how can I insult Mark? This is like – it has to be Tony's fault, right? Like, even if it's not, it just has to be Tony's fault. Like, there's – there's no other reason to explain it, given what what Mark is doing right now. So, um, overall, it was it was really good to see all them. Um, I love seeing Jack Gore. He's playing really well. Really impressed by what I'm seeing out of Jack. So I want to keep see him continue to do that. Some of these big teams continue to look good. Power and Neistat still look good. Damon Dennis and Mike Ferreira continue to put up yeah. some numbers, guys. They may sneak into that top 15 and you better not be, you know, better not sleep on them because they're going to be really good. But Mark Richards has to steal all of my, all my, my kudos this weekend. Cause he was just, he was just too good. This weekend, this week and last week, he stole all your kudos. Anthony, how about you? Yeah. Speaking about the hot take, that's a good lead in. If we want to know who's going to win the tournament, just take my hot take. And that's the winner going to, that's going to be the winner of, of the opposite of the hot take. So the last couple of weeks, <laughs> I basically said this doubles team who shouldn't win it is going to beat is going to place higher than this doubles team, and then that team ends up winning. So that's how we know who's going to win this thing. So maybe there's some motivation coming out of Magical. that. Um, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, just talking. I'll start with doubles as well, uh, or start with doubles since there was a lot of talk on singles. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. We're not going to be able to get through it all, but just a couple bullets, just a couple recognitions of some stuff happening, some storylines. Crabtree continues to impress me. He, co- he he teams up with a guy named Riker Wells, a no-name. Strong run with a notable win against a Braden Wilson and an A.J. Sims. Carter Bennett and Ben Brown make a bracket final. A strong run for them as well. An easier bracket run. I mean, let's be serious. It was a little bit easier of a bracket win, but a notable win against a Jacob Gore and a Hunter Thorne, a, a match they shouldn't win. Jacob Trzinski, um, and and Tanner Halbert with a legit run. And they play tough pros every single match to take the king seat, ultimately losing to Smith and Richards. Solid run for those boys. And then Troxel and and Cummings uh, win a bracket. I mean, let's go. Another easier bracket, but a notable win against Windsor and Creek Killer. But if we get down to the final four, you mentioned uh, Jeremiah Ellis, uh, Ryan Hart, uh, those guys winning, winning their bracket. Tony Smith and Mark Richards, obviously. I mentioned Troxel and Cummings and then Noah Almanza and Logan Chamberlain. If I just can start with Ellis and Hart in bracket play, um, a strong run for them. And recall, if we go back to open number one, they were in the loser's final. They're going to up that here at open number four with some notable wins over a Caden Allen and a Kobe Costanza. Ellis smacked Costanza, and then Ryan Hart matched Caden Allen point for point. That is the winning strategy. We know that Ryan Hart's going to be the B player. If he can match the A player in a team, 
Ellis is going to smack the B player, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, they ultimately lose Trey, Kimbrel, and Royzer. Kimbrel playing out of his ass right now. But then they come back and double dip that coming from behind from a 16 to 8 deficit. They pull Richards and Smith in the final four first round. Um, Ellis won his side of the board against Richards, and, and, and that's all you need to do. And this is where your partner, like a heart, needs to come in. If Ellis says, I'm going to take the tough guy, I'm going to take Richards, and I can match him, you need to do your work on the other side. And look at this matchup between Richards and Ellis. They they threw against each other eight rounds. Mark Richards scored in one round. Half of the rounds wash. So it's Ellis who wins against Mark Richards in that doubles matchup. Um, so he ultimately gets that one. And it was Ryan Hart sold. He sold hard. Gave up 20 points in that bracket loss. And we know Ryan Hart can finish. We saw him do it on his first ESPN broadcast ever against Harbaugh. Ends up winning that shootout series uh, there. So we know he can he can do it, but he definitely sold in that playoff match. Uh, but we focus on the champs a little bit. Logan Chamberlain and Noah Elmanza. Probably the toughest run through the entire doubles tournament. Played top pros in every single match. I mean, it wasn't easy. They go through a Canva Zock line. They go through a Jacob Gore and a Hunter Thorne. Chamberlain was gas in that one. He smacks Gore in that one. He threw a 10.82 over 11 rounds. Scored 16 of the points in that victory against Gore, which is unbelievable. Uh, then they pull a JBJ and a Hamilton. They're up 16 to 5. Give the lead back. They find themselves down 16 to 9 and win it from the behind position. That game was actually amazing. All four baggers in that were at one with a 10 plus uh, in the match. Um, the game couldn't have been any closer. JBJ and Almanza, dead match. They they matched each other on the score. It was the side uh, where we had Hamilton and Chamberlain. Chamberlain put one more bag in the hole against Hamilton to get the extra two points to win that one 21-19. Um, but both players, Chamberlain and Almanza, Killed it the entire tournament. There were only two doubles teams in the entire tournament where both players threw a 10-plus. Chamberlain, Almanza, one of them. Any guesses, you guys? Who were, What was the other doubles team where both players threw a 10-plus? And it's going to be a bit of a surprise for you. Maybe not a surprise for Trey. That's a hint. So Blaine, oh, I know, I know, I know. Blaine Rozier and Jordan Kimbrell. Killed it. <laughs> Both players threw a 10 plus. So uh, yeah, th those guys just killed it. And then you get to the final four, uh, Chamberlain Almanza, they upped their game when it mattered. Chamberlain led the entire field in the playoffs, uh, that bracket playoffs with a 10-7-7. But it was Noah Almanza's DPR that stood out in those two games. My dude threw a 2.23 DPR over two games. Whoa. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, in, in the championship, it's... It's Richards and Smith, and the way it lined up, it was Almanza lines up next to Richards. Mish, how many points did Noah Almanza put on Mark Richards in the final? Take a guess. Uh, I don't know, 10? 19. Stop playing. Whoa. That's more than he'd been scored against <laughs> in any singles game in the last 18 games. Yeah. That was the one. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But yeah, I'll just finish off with singles a little bit. Just, just a quick recap. Uh, to me, there's some good storylines. There's some under-the-radar players really showing out in singles. Uh, pro rookie Ernest Cisneros. Okay, bro. 
This guy threw lights out. Really impressed with what I saw from him in this tournament. Uh, Jonathan Etheridge, also another rookie who really showed out in the singles tournament. Almanza, is he back? Maybe we'll talk about that one a little bit, but he had an unbelievable season. Almanza, a number seven player in the world, falls all the way to 100 and something last season. Is he back? We can talk about that one a little bit later. Jacob Gore uh, under the radar only be or Jackson Gore under the radar only because he dropped to a hundred and something. This kid's on a comeback trail, and and Trey kind of told us a little bit uh, about this a couple episodes ago when he saw uh, the conference or that local event. This kid's nice. Check out some of his wins: Hunter Thorne, Damon Dennis, Blaine Rozier, Jordan Kimbrell, Logan Chamberlain, and his brother Jacob Gore. That's a hell of a run for Jackson Gore. This dude is back. Ethan Walker, another under-the-radar player. I've been talking about him time after time, week after week. A potential breakout player. I compared him to Tony Smith. He takes the king seat or has a chance to take the king seat. Um, he's up 11, 19 to 11 and loses it to Windsor. Had a chance to take the king seat. Um, he, he continues to show out. Uh, and then, of course, you talked about Jeremiah Ellis. Not on my top 10. Trey, I don't think he was on your top 10. But the guy is playing like a top 10 player, if not top 5. Wins his doubles bracket. Wins his singles bracket. He wins his bracket with the highest PPR in the entire tournament. In the bracket playoff match against Richards, he was fire. If you haven't seen that match, go back and watch the Jeremiah Ellis versus March Richards match. That was absolutely, that was a banger. 34 rounds. Both players were throwing an 11-plus through 20-something rounds. And we're not talking about on a hope and hole, guys. Pushes, air mills, cuts. Rolls when they need them. They're making all the shots and still scoring at a rate of 11 plus. Um, but Richards gets the close dub. So yeah, uh, in the last one there, Ryan Windsor. Open number one, wins his bracket, guys. Open number two, wins his bracket. Open number three, he didn't play in it. And then here he is at open number four, winning his bracket again. So Ryan Windsor, arguably the most consistent player in the game right now, next to Mark Richards. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see him back up there as well. Moving on to news around the league. Blake Karnick is actually withdrawing from the pro league and Austin Renard is promoted as a pro. Uh, the Northwest Conference in singles, Candler Bag takes the win in doubles. Hayden Gonzalez and Candler Bag. The Atlantic Conference, Devin Harbaugh is the singles winner and Ryan Smith and Landon Bass take doubles. And the Mid-North Conference singles went to Adam Reiki. Doubles, Lonnie Williams and Ruben Martinez. Congratulations to all of our winners and to Austin Renard as becoming our new pro. Trey, anything to add there? Yeah, on the Atlantic Conference, like it's it's almost unfair that Devin Harbaugh got to move the Atlantic. The Atlantic Conference is like, dude, just stay in Pennsylvania, bro. <laughs> like, just what are you Next. doing? So, Next. although I will say, I'll add this. I don't know if you saw Devin Harbaugh in the finals of the Atlantic Conference had to take on Cameron Belvin. I'm still really oh. impressed how well Cameron consistently has been throwing. She's throwing at a really high level right now. And, and again, you know, I kind of talked about this. Like, yes, I think this, this baby is going to take a lot out of Noah and Cameron, but I think it's going to root them more in a central location and have them be focused a little bit more. It may actually end up making them a little bit better players. And I, I could, it wouldn't surprise me if they have a really good season. So I just wanted to add that little caveat in there. All right. Moving on to buy or sell. I will read a line. You guys say if you're going to buy or sell the first one, Mark Richards season this year will beat his rookie year performance. 
Yeah, so this one's this one's tough because we're looking at a rookie season in which he, you know, how much he won. He, you know, swept a national. He won a singles world championship, made it to a doubles final, won an opener too. Like, it's crazy. Now, right now, I think the thing that's going to hurt Mark Richards is he can't replay or play a new world championship right now, right? He's got to wait 10 months to do that. I, I'm going to sell it. I think he can be that level of player again. The problem is like, I have to bet against him winning a world championship or I have to bet for him winning a world championship and sweeping a national. That's the only way I wish you think you can, yeah. you can say he lives up to that. That's just so hard to do. I'm going to sell it. But right now the guy is playing as good as I've ever seen anybody play in the history of cornhole. Anthony. Yeah, logic would say we should sell this one, but it's not an easy sell. I'm going to actually go the other way, Trey. And I think the big difference maker is not only are we seeing what he's doing right now in singles, but he's got this guy on the other side of the board, Tony Smith, in doubles. And together, once they get clicking, I think, as a doubles team, Tony's working these new lucky bags, a faster model bag, switching to a bag running game. He said it himself. On a podcast, I am, or on the air this weekend, sorry, I'm going to be switching to a bag running game. Um, now, is that Tony Smith's specialty? No, but if he can find that 10 3 consistent PPR running bags and then have that dirty game in his back pocket when he needs it with bag chemistry with Mark Richards, I think together they will most likely win back to back doubles tournaments, maybe even do what uh, Grindersleeve and Batson did last year. So I'm going to buy, although my. Logic says don't buy that. I'm going to buy that one. <laughs> Number two, Noah Almanza is back. Buy or sell? Yeah, so like I have to look at if you want to say he's back, that means he's back to his rookie season form. And there's some similarities here. Open number two way back in his rookie year, he wins the singles event out of nowhere. Open number four here in doubles wins an open event to kind of start the year. So like I'm starting to see that if he was as if he was going to be what he was this past year, he can't win an open. He can't do it. He wasn't good enough. The fact that he, and not only did he go to an open, he went to a loaded open and he played with Logan Chamberlain, who's not Mark Richards or Tony Smith. He's in that tier below that. I think I got to say, yes, he may not be number seven this year or number eight, but like, I don't think there's a reason why Almanza can't get back into top 30 conversation. Anthony. Okay. If we're talking top 30, I can buy that, but just looking at it, he threw lights out this weekend. I'm going to give him that. And I'm, I'm glad to see this guy succeed. Got to spend some time with him in Miami at one of the shootouts, really got to know him. He's a legit dude, but he struggled at bag mania in Vegas, took 25th in his bracket. Um, if we go back to open number one, I think he was like ninth. So History-wise, it's just not there consistently. Um, but if you talk top 30, I could buy that. Uh, but getting back into top 10, I don't see that happening. Jeremiah Ellis is now the leading favorite for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think, you know, the argue, argument here is that Ryan Trader has got to be right there in that conversation. But for me, I, I yeah, I'm buying it. Jeremiah Ellis, yes. Um, there was a point when – and. I, I, it's just something I can't even describe. It's just it. They have it. When I watch some players play, if they're in that and they have yes. it, they're in that zone. 
they will not lose. And there's only a limited number of people that I've ever seen. I mean, that list isn't more than 10 people long to when I watch him, I go, that's it right there. Right. I would say Mark Richards has it. I would say Matt guy has it. You know, yep. people can argue me all they want, but he's got it. Um, Jamie Graham has it. Some other wild cards. Josh Holland has it, right? I've seen him do that at times. Jeremiah Ellis, when I watched him this weekend, he had it. The only problem is he ran into somebody else who had it, and that's Mark Richards, right? So <laughs> he just looked automatic. I hadn't seen that from Trader yet. I think Ellis has passed in my mind, Ryan Trader. I'm going to buy that Ellis is now the front runner. He's won open brackets in both singles and doubles. He's right there at the end. I got to buy it. Anthony? Ellis does have it. Technique-wise, he's a little bit unique. He kind of snaps his throw off. If you look at most of the top 10, 20 players, it's very fluid, very long, pendulum-like but he kind of has this snap off, uh, but he can hit every shot. I like when he hits some of the most amazing shots. And, and I think that's the it factor. It's like a layup for him. There's no extra celebration, no surprise. That tells me that this guy is hitting shots like this all the time. He's very respectful to other players. When they hit an amazing shot, he's like, okay, I recognize that one. Here you go. Um, but I'm going to sell um, Ryan Trader. Open one wins his bracket. Open two wins the whole thing. Open three, he's fifth in his bracket. So in three opens, he's really been consistent, but Ellis is not far behind and right on his heels. Jacob Trzinski and Tanner Halbert make the finals of a pro event this season. Yeah, this is, I'm going to buy this. Um, they looked really good this weekend. They were pretty close to, to what you'd expect them to be. Um, now, will they be top five? I'm not sure. Being top five means I was consistent over a long period of time. If I just need them to make a final on one given day, it wouldn't surprise me if they win an entire pro event on one given day, they're going to show up. They're going to be there. I'm, I'm going to easy buy this one. Anthony. Dude, if we did power rankings off of this weekend, Jacob Trzinski is a top 10 player. This dude killed it in doubles and singles and was at the top statistically in both categories. Um, but we're talking about winning not winning a pro bracket where we're talking about a pro final, right? Just yep. making it to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. I got to sell. I, I can see them in a bracket final, but to make it to a overall final, ugh, I don't see that happening. Would love to see it though, but I'm going to sell. You would bet on a Ryan Trader, Damon Dennis and Cheyenne Bubenheim sweep of juniors, seniors, and women's versus the field at any given event. Bye. <laughs> Trey, you're the not only one buy this. It's so hard because like the hardest one is juniors because I'm betting against like Jake Gore and and uh Jack Gore and even Sammy like, Soto Ellis, Sammy Soto. So <laughs> it's really hard not to buy it. I'm gonna actually sell it because of the U18 element, but like sometimes I don't even watch some of the women's events just because I know when Cheyenne's going to win it. Like it's just, it's outrageous. Uh, I'll sell it because of the, uh, the U18. Okay. But to be clear, that's what happened this weekend, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. It's happened twice already this year. Okay. Yeah. So we're on, we're on trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we are going to talk about some pro team region predictions. So teams, uh, the play for our at our open events is going to kick off on December 1st, which is the next open. It's going to be teams from the American South. 
And so want to hear your thoughts on predictions on how that's going to go. We'll start with you, Trey. All right. So for the season, uh, we'll start with that American South um, just because they're going to be the ones playing in a couple games uh, at, at open number five in Richmond, Virginia, they're going head to head. So as I look at this, I was looking through the rosters of everything like that. So we're talking about coasters, sliders, freeze and cutters. Um, for me, number one is the Florida freeze. I think talent for talent, top to bottom, they are the most stacked team. I love the lineup of what they put together. They're a little bit light on teams. They just added a bunch of elite level players from the state of Florida. They pull in a guy like Chris Fagan that we know can really contribute at a high level. I think this is a team that is going to be just dangerous. I think through and through, I have them finishing number one. Here's my biggest shock, I think, out of everything that I do for all of these different predictions. Number two, I am putting a bounce back year for the Georgia Sliders. Okay, I don't think Anthony and I were on the same page on how they value this team. I totally get it. But they made two key trades. They got two really good players. They got Ryan Wiedenfeld and they got Josh Holland, who I'm expecting to have a bounce back year and be better in singles closer to his old self. If they can do that with the existing group that they have, plus some of the rookies that they brought in here, I really think this could be not only our top heavy team, but it could be one that shows some depth. So I am picking a shocker at the Georgia Sliders coming in at number two. And number three, I have the Carolina Coasters. They made the playoffs last year. I think they come up just short this year. I don't like some of the moves that they made. I don't like some of the trades they made ultimately. I think they're going to be fine at the top. I just want to see some more depth. And then four, I have an improved cutters team. Okay, I don't think this is going to be a last place team cutters, but I still do think they're in a pretty tough region. I have the cutters at number four. Absolutely. All right, Anthony, how about you? Agree on freeze. Where where we kind of fall apart is I I pull the cutters all the way into two. Um, So that's kind of where we differ. And then I have uh, the sliders last. So that's kind of where we fall apart, but we do agree on the freeze as the dominant team in that, uh, in that region. Yeah. I think that's easy to do. Our American North. All right. American North. So this is our uh, woodchucks, aviators, ringers, marauders division. Uh, For me, number one, I got to go to the reigning champs, the Pennsylvania ringers. They added some great talents. They lost a little bit, but for the most part, this team looks like they're revved up and ready to go. I mean, that core group, Devin Harbaugh, Justin Burton Jr. I mean, you look top to bottom, they, they, they still have a really, really solid team. They know how they're a team that is managed well. We know that because they're bringing back those same pieces. Ultimately, I, I got to expect the ringers to be number one. Number two, I have the Aviators. This is not a shock here as well. Again, they go out and uh, last season they made the playoffs. I had the same exact top two teams making the playoffs. I like the Aviators here, some of the pieces they, they brought into it. I think they added some depth along the way. So in the end, like I like what Trey Birchfield, Noah Almanza, Abernathy, uh, all of them are are putting to the table on on the Aviators. Number three, I have the Woodchucks. I think they're going to fall a game short of the Aviators. I really wanted to put them in the playoffs. I tried to go off with my hot take that they were going to win the whole thing, and then I, you know, brought their grade down a little bit. I want them to make the playoffs, right? But at the same time. I just think there were some things in there that, that I would like to see a little bit of improvement on as far as depth goes and drafting goes. Yes, I still love they got Jeremiah Ellis. Uh, Humans is going to be great. Trzinski is going to be great. Uh, Scheibner is going to be great. But in the end, I just want a little bit more depth. And that leaves me with the Marauders. 
This just felt like a team that was fine. Uh, they lose Jay Rubin, which hurt really bad. And then drafting-wise, they were just okay. Uh, so ultimately, I have uh, the, the Marauders at four. Anthony? I have them at four as well. Woodchuck's at three. Where we differ is that one-two position. Um, I, I think the Aviators definitely leveled up this season. It's super close. Aviators, ringers. I'm actually giving Aviators the nod here and putting them in the one position. All right. Next up is the National Central. National Central. So this is going to be Bully Baggers, Colonels, Mays, Spinners. Um, uh, number one, I have the Missouri Mays. I've talked about this. I think they are absolutely loaded. The only thing I didn't like that they did this entire drafting period and bringing back players period was give away Gavin Cano. I know he may have down, uh, demanded a trade to the Aviators or whatever it may be. Ultimately, I just didn't like doing that. But for the most part, this is still a loaded squad when you look at top to bottom. And I think it's a really, really impressive team. Number two, I have the Texas Bullybaggers. I think I could argue that the Texas Bullybaggers squad could be number one in a number of different regions. I think because the Missouri Mays have such a really solid team, with maybe the exception of the Florida Freeze, I think the Bullybaggers could lead any of the other two divisions with how good that they are. So I really like the Bullybaggers. Yes, they have a highly Texas flavor, but even with Ernest Cisneros being on the team now, they added him to the lineup. We just talked about how good he was. Yeah. He wasn't even someone I was accounting for. Right. I think the Bully Baggers are going to be really good. Number three is the Colonels. I like some of the pieces, but for me, the Colonels and Spinners, I think are going to finish with a similar record. I have Colonels three, Spinners four. I think they're going to be lower tier teams. I don't love the rosters. Uh, I don't love them top to bottom. I am picking Colonels. Just a little bit of an advantage there with some more experience. I think they could have drafted a little better with the spinners, but overall I got kernels and spinners finishing three and four. Anthony. We have the same three, four, but we're swapped. I think the kernels are at, are going to be in the bottom here. And then we have the same one, two swapped. I like the Texas bully baggers as the number one team out of that central region stacked with talent. Statistically, they're looking good. I think they're going to be tough across the whole league period. Not just that, that region. Last up, the National West. All right, National West. I wanted so bad. I tried to rack my brain. How do I keep the burn at number one? And I can't do it. I think the Cali Slingers have a loaded lineup. And you know what? That's going to be music to Michelle's ears because I just think they're really, really good. They trade and they get Philip Lopez for essentially nothing. Yeah. They have some top players. They draft really well. Um, they end up with, you know, Kyle Malone. It's like, wh what is going on here? I mean, they have a loaded top half and they're loaded. Even if you don't have Corey Gilbert play really well, even if Nick Williams isn't that good this year as he was last year, they're still loaded in the top half. They have some high upside in the middle part of the rounds, especially if Logan Hall can come in there and be a high contributor. This team is going to be dangerous. Number two is the Arizona burn going to be a really high PPR team. They made it all the way to the finals last year. Um, I think they're going to have great team chemistry. I don't think they're going to be that far off to where they were. I just think some teams are going to get a little bit better. That's going to make it difficult for them to go on that same run. I have them right there, though. I think it'll be close. Slingers one, burn two. Um, I had the Timber at three. I made it clear that I didn't love the trade away of Josh Holland. They did pick up Caden Allen. They did pick up Ryan Trader. That is really, really two good rookies. Depth-wise, they're just okay. I think there were some questionable picks in the second half. I have the Timber three. And then, you know, I don't necessarily think the high rollers had a poor team. This feels like a very flat division top to bottom. It wouldn't surprise me 
if any one of these teams can go on a little bit of run. I definitely don't think the high rollers are going to be towards the bottom of the league. I think they'll just be in a similar position to where they were last year. They may miss the playoffs at, you know, close to a 500 record, but I do have them at four. Anthony? Yeah, I like your comment on on just a level level uh, teams in that in that region. If I if I look at the, the national versus the American, I think the national is way stronger than the American. Both teams, uh, or the both regions, the central and the west are super super strong. Uh, Trey, we agree on the three four slot. It's the one two uh, where we differ. I, I just can't overlook the fact that. The statistically, the burn are just killing it in every category. They pulled all of their new players out of the open division. I do like the fact that the sliders, pull, slingers pulled all their players out of the pro qualifier too. I agree, it's really tight, burn versus slingers, but burn just a little bit, little bit better than me in my opinion. I have them at number one. Awesome. Well, we will have to see how it all unfolds. Next up, Trey's favorite game. Name that player, Trey. Take it away. All right, I got two traditional ones. I got a little fun one at the end here. Okay, Uh-oh. so name that player. Okay, um, all right. So putting this in perspective a little bit here, this first player has the same number of titles as Cody Henderson, Jordan Power, and Damon Dennis. I'm not giving you the number, but I'm just comparing them right now. Same number of titles as the the Zach group. Okay. Okay. This player appeared on television four times last year. Oh. Hmm. All right. Any guesses or keep going? Caleb Batson. No. (laughs) This person has four open doubles titles. Caleb Batson. <laughs> Eddie Grindersleeve? Go the other way? It is not Eddie Grindersleeve. Four and then the one that may titles. make things a little bit obvious, this player has won two open doubles events this season with two different partners. He's won Kano. two total, one with each partner. Oh, Kano. Gavin Cano? Nope. Wait. What? Two. <laughs> I, wait, two I knew this one was gonna shock because nobody's thinking about this person. Logan Chamberlain. I just told you Logan Chamberlain. Yeah. Logan Chamberlain has as many titles as Cody Henderson, Damon Dennis, and Jordan Power. He Let's was on Logan? TV four times last yeah. year. Okay. Huh. He's got four open doubles titles. He and he won one with two different partners. He won with Justin Burton Jr. and he's won one with Noah Almanza. People got to put some respect on Logan Chamberlain's name. Oh, already respect, dude. We said, I think it was middle of last year. This is this guy's not a B player. He's no. on an AA player team. This dude is solid. Isn't that crazy, though? That is crazy. Like, you know, of all the names that we just thought through, not for once did we think about that is crazy. Logan Chamberlain. Huh. All right. Next one. Uh, this person has four titles. In round limited format. Okay. Oh. This person only has one open title. Ryan Smith. Oh, good guess though. This person has never won a singles title that wasn't round limited. Ryan Smith. 
<laughs> He's on a, p- a pattern here. <laughs> and this person is playing with a brand new pro partner this year. Oh, a brand new pro partner. How, how many was it? Four double? Would you say the first one was? Yeah, this person has four titles in round limited formats. Round limited. With new partner. New player. New partner or new player? This person, this person has seven total titles. Yeah, this should be easy. Uh, did you say that's uh, good for that's good for eleventh all time, by the way, in titles? Okay. This this player with a rookie or a new just a new partner? A new partner. A new, new partner. partner. Okay. You said they've never won a open. So you said uh, they only have one open title, and it was in doubles. Okay. Tanner Halbert. No, he didn't. This person, uh, you want to take another guess, Michelle? No, go ahead. This person made the final four of the Open this weekend. Adam Hisner? Adam Hisner. Adam Hisner. I was going to say, Windsor has too many. Uh... Isn't that crazy, though? Again, never won a singles event that was never that was round limited. Never won an Open. Never yeah. won a National. Yep, fits all the boxes. Never won a World Championship. But he's made... The world championship final four like three times. Yes, yes. It's just crazy. He's been so close and hasn't gotten there. So, all right, last thing. I think this is good. this is going to be fun. We've mentioned this a few times, and I actually went through the exercise, and I couldn't believe it, okay? Because the list is kind of funny. Name me the six players who have three or more open singles Titles. All right. Alex Hicks. Mm-hmm. All right. Mark Alex Richard. Hicks. There is one. Mark Richards. Matt Guy. There's Mark. There's Mark Richards. That is two. Matt Guy. That is three. One more. Uh, no, there's six. There's Jamie three Graham. More. Oh. Go Not ahead. Jamie Graham. Trey Birchfield. Not Trey Birchfield. Ooh. Who's won a bunch of opens? <laughs> open singles. You got the open, three ones that I thought you would get. Open singles, you said, right? Open singles. Open singles. Well, okay. There's six players who have won three or more. Um, Damon Dennis? Nope. That's not a bad guess either. Is it too soon for... Nah, Fisher didn't win three no. in his rookie year. Not Fisher. This might be... Yeah, it's not Fisher. Damn, I think we got to go with some old school players. I'll give you a hint. One of them has won an open this year, this season. Who won? Trader. Yeah, Trader and then Richards. Richards. Who's the other one? <laughs> it is so on brand that we can't get this person's name. It is so awesome. Oh, Alan Rawls. Alan Rawls. Alan Rawls. <laughs> Alan Rawls has won three Dude, open singles titles. Always sleeping on this guy. <laughs> Poor Alan. We what love you, Alan. Problem? <laughs> He's like screaming. Uh, Come let's on. Throw I know. He's like, me, me, me. Let's throw his All brother right. in there. His yeah, brother was, the other yeah. is one of the others. Alex Rawls has won three. And the last one, this one's tough um, because he wasn't good at all last year. No, uh, no Wooten. Nope. He wasn't good at all last year. Noah Almanza. <laughs> no, no, but similar. Similar. Let's, say, let's have fun with how many players weren't good last year. <laughs> Eric Anderson. Let's turn into Jackson a whole Gore. other game. <laughs> Eric Number Davis. Six. 
Number six is Josh Holland. Oh, okay. So I thought that one was fun. I thought that was a really interesting list of like a good group. Like the three are obvious and then the yeah. three are, are not, which is fun. That's funny. We forgot Alan Rawls. Sorry, <laughs> Alan. I know. It's just it's just so on brand. It's Sorry, so Alan. Brand. Damn. All right. We got we got hot takes. What you got, Trey? Uh, hot takes, hot takes, hot takes. I had my hot take written. Anthony, go first. I got to find it. I wrote it right, I'm going to kind of parlay it off of Mark Richards. The, the next open that he's in with Tony, he's going to win singles and double sweep. So hopefully it's the next one, three in a row for Richards in singles. And then he's going to get that dub with Tony Smith in doubles for a sweep. Which I'm assuming hasn't been done, right? A three in a row open? No, three in a row has never been done. Yeah. Okay. What's your strategy? You find it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I look. I'm. I, I kind of riding the theme here. I, I think yet again for another season, uh, Logan Chamberlain finishes top fifteen in singles. I Dude, think the guy yeah. is is so he's just so good, and I think we sleep on him a lot. I think he's a really, really impressive player. So what I'm about Chamberlain that. finishing higher than JBJ? Hmm. By yourself. That's next week's uh, by yourself. No, I, I can't do that yet. I can't do that yet. <laughs> I'm going with Ryan Windsor. I think he's been real steady. So I think Ryan Windsor is going to win uh, a national this year. Oh, I think a national. He's got Thank it you in for him. going hot, Mish. Thank yeah. you for finally going hot. I'm going hot. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all we got time for. Everyone have a, an amazing Thanksgiving, and we'll see you all next time.